Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 120 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. We are going to be doing something quite a bit different for you guys today. In just a moment, I'm going to be joined by Gabrielle Starr from Locked On Red Sox and Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres. This is something that I've been talking about in previous episodes of the podcast. It is our March Madness of sports movies. We're going to basically just go through the bracket one piece at a time, and today we're going to be doing the upper left quadrant, the Eastern Conference, if you will. And a big shout-out to 100.7, the score from Lubbock, Texas. They put these brackets together. We're just borrowing them for this podcast, and none of us are exactly film critics. You know, we're just going to talk about things that we like about these movies, things that we don't like about these movies, things that have aged well, things that haven't aged quite as gracefully, and just have some fun. You know, it's a good time. It's definitely one of the longer episodes that we've done here on Locked on Rangers, but we've all got some time to kill right now anyway, so we're just going to go ahead and get started here, break down all these matchups, and then we're going to vote at the end of each individual matchup. Best two out of three wins and advances to the next round. Enjoy. All right, welcome back, Locked On listeners. We have something very special for you guys today. It's something we've been looking forward to doing for a long time here on Locked On. We're going to be doing these March Madness sports movie brackets. We've got Gabrielle Starr from Locked On Red Sox. Gabrielle, how are we doing today? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Uh, hanging in there, given you know these crazy times that we're living in right now. And uh, we've also got Javier Reyes from Locked On Padres. Javier, how are you doing, man? Doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Oh, of course. And this is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers. And guys, you know, I know we've been really excited. We've been talking about this for a long time, you know, going through these brackets here together. Uh, before we dove in, before we dive into all the matchups, I figure I'll ask you guys, uh, were there any movies that you thought got snubbed that definitely should have been included in these brackets that maybe were not included? Yeah, definitely. Um, Fever Pitch, as a Boston fan, I got to say Fever Pitch. <laughs> and Javier and I both feel that Jerry yeah. Maguire should be on this bracket. Yeah, I'm offended. Yeah, you know, I'm repulsed by this entire thing that Jerry Maguire was out here. It's just, I don't know how. Like, I, I don't. I know this isn't like a perfect barometer, but if you just look up sports movies, this is one of like the at the least first, first ten in there, and it's it's just amazing. And there are like three scenes in there that are more iconic than like eighty percent of the movies on this bracket. So I'm just uh, whoever made this, um, you know, just sleep with one eye open, you know. Yeah, I mean, not even getting into like the seating of this bracket, which uh, is pretty ridiculous. Like some of some of the seating choices on here don't make any sense at all. But to not even have Jerry Maguire on a sports movie bracket, like if if you type in best sports movies of all time, it's on everybody's <laughs> top 10 list um, and it actually has a good amount of like actual sports in it. You know, mm-hmm. not to mention the fact that he's literally yeah. a sports agent. Like the whole movie is sports. It's not. It's not a question. Yeah, just because yeah. it's not no, necessarily featuring nonstop sports action doesn't mean that it's not a sports movie. You know. Yeah. Um, another one, and I know Gabrielle, you and me talked about this one a little bit before we started recording. Is uh, and I'm not saying it should be like a one seed or a two seed or anything like that. But man, where is Little Big League? I mean, that's yeah. gotta be on here, doesn't it? 
I love Little Big League. I mean, any of those movies where it's like a cute kid in the 90s or late 80s that like has no idea what they're doing, but they're trying to be some major component of a baseball team. Like, you know, it's very formulaic at this point, but it's cute and the movies are good. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very family friendly as well. I think no matter what age you are, you can enjoy Little Big League. Javier, have you ever seen that one or no? I don't think I have, actually. I was just going to say, basically, a 12-year-old becomes ma- manager of the Twins and high drinks. It was just, it's just classic 90s uh, family comedy stuff. But it's, it's good. Ki- it's kind of like Rookie of the Year, except that instead of playing mm. for the team, it's that his grandfather owned the team and he dies and leaves his grandson the team. And so he fi- like the manager's a total jackass and he fires the manager and becomes the ma- and makes himself manager. But the thing is, like, it's a lot more... I mean, it's still a very unrealistic movie, but it's still more realistic than Rookie of the Year where he, like, breaks his arm and then suddenly his <laughs> tendon is, like, attached differently and he can throw over 100 miles an hour and becomes, like, a pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. Yes, so, yeah, I agree. This, that this one's a little bit more realistic, yeah, for sure. And then I have a question for each of you. I got one more honorable mention here, and you guys can throw it anymore as well. Gotcha. But does, does Beer Fest count as a sports movie i've never seen beer fest i've yeah, only I seen parts seen of it. it i've only seen parts See, like, of it. it it's really funny it's, it's the same guys from super troopers i don't know if you've ever seen that but uh, I love yes. super they're troopers. in it yeah yeah so you, you would like this as well then but uh you know at first i thought like well it's like the beer olympics basically that doesn't really count as a sport but then i look at this bracket and I see we got basketball as a number 12 seed, and that's not a real sport either. So I don't know. I think we got to find some room for beer fest on this bracket somewhere. Also, it's if a fair, Ma- fair point. Also, if Jerry Maguire isn't a sports movie, then like anything is a sports movie at this point, because clearly actual sports movies aren't even qualifying for this bracket. So there are no rules anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are no rules. Um, Throw the rule book out the window. Some, some honorable mentions I'd like to throw out there. Um, I don't necessarily know what seed this one would be at. I don't even know if it's particularly good, but I want to give a shout out to Gridiron Gang with uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty good. I remember being really jarred by the subject matter. Like there's like a lot of violence in that movie and it was, it actually like hits you and I wasn't like kind of expecting that. I saw it a really long time ago. I think it was on Netflix actually. Um, there's a rugby movie that I'm forgetting right now. That's on the top tip of my tongue. Um, it's oh my gosh hold on hold on forever strong i think that's what it's called and it's not great it's kind of about a rehabilitating this teenager punk kid who's into drugs and partying and whatnot and then he joins this this kind of this team that knows how to rehabilitate people through rugby and whatnot it's not bad and then two more shout outs one never back down this movie's awful but i i can't i can't (laughs) It's like one of my favorite. Yeah, it's one of my favorite good bads. To be on this bracket, (laughs) it's one of my favorite good bads I've ever like seen, and I love using that term a lot. It's just it's like modern Karate Kid, except it's mixed martial arts, and it's clearly made by people who thought who who are like sixty years old who think this is what the the cool hip kids are doing now. Like it's it has the music cues the way that. just everything involved in it and the villain who's played by cam gigandit who looks disturbingly kind of like brett gardner actually um he's just one of the most iconic people i've ever seen in my life he is going for it (laughs) the entire movie it's so bad but it's it's at least entertaining and kind of memorable in a way you know what i mean 
Um, yeah. And then, I think, and then my last I think one. Whenever, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, whenever we're done with this, I, I think we're going to have to do another bracket where we determine the worst sports movie of all time. And I think that <laughs> that's got to be in there then, right? But uh, yeah, no, go, go ahead with your so. last honorable mention there. Yeah. And my last honorable mention, this isn't a, a complaint at all because it did just come out, but The Way Back with Ben Affleck, um, this was surprised. I haven't, not, I haven't seen not, it yet, but yeah, I, know, it's, I know enough about it, obviously. Yeah, it's it's kind of got that Hoosiers thing going a little bit for it, Yeah. except it's a more darker version of it. Affleck is tremendous, and I'm one of those people who's been a proponent of the belief that I think we've been due for a good basketball movie for a while. And this is definitely kind of satisfies that to a degree. And it kind of came out basically right before, you know, quarantine epidemic, whatever you want to call it started happening, which is really interesting. It was kind of like the last biggish, big ish movie that came out. And at this rate, it might be just Ben Affleck going for the Oscar this year. So I just feel like we want to, I want to shout out, uh, the way back. Very good. Very much enjoyed. Yeah. Well, to piggyback off that, yeah. um, for the way back, for starters, uh, he was going to make that movie, and then he actually, like, I don't know if you guys know too much about the background of that, but like, he was going to make that movie, and then he actually relapsed because he is a mm. real life alcoholic. Um, he right. relapsed and had to go back to rehab, and they weren't sure if they were going to even be able to make the movie, and um it turned into this whole long, you know, production nightmare of like trying to figure out, you know, cause he was going to star in the movie, but I think he also either produced it or directed it or something like he had like a hand in like the, you know, the off screen side of making this movie. And basically he and Jen- Jennifer Garner were like, no, like he wants to make this movie. And it, he said that it actually turned out to be super therapeutic for him and really helped him in his recovery to mm-hmm. make this movie because it was like a very cathartic experience for him. Um, and it's available on Amazon Prime. Like you can, they they've been doing all these like at home, you know, releases of movies that were supposed to come out in theaters, and so it's one of those. And it's like on my, it's like on my list of things to watch. But the one that I have that's not on here is Bend It Like Beckham. Have you guys seen that? Uh, I think I saw the first twenty minutes for some reason, and then I didn't get to see the rest i don't know why this happens to me a lot where i just am in the middle of a movie at some in some precarious situation perhaps and i just happen to not finish it um but i know that the director of it did the movie uh blinded by the light which came out this past year and i really like that so yeah i definitely want to see ben and uh, there aren't a lot of girl movies on here um which makes mm-hmm. sense because there aren't a lot of great girl like women sport movies mm-hmm. but bennett like beckham it's like a young kira knightley and the star of the movie, I always forget her name, but she's like a total badass. Like she comes from a like, you know, kind of strict Indian family living in England and she's obsessed with David Beckham and it's like early 2000s. So like prime David Beckham and she want all she wants to do is play soccer and she's really good at it, but her family like doesn't approve. And I don't know why, but my family loved that movie when I was little and my dad taped it on a VCR from the TV. And so we would just watch it all the time. And so like, it has like a place in my heart for that reason, but it's not on here. So that kind of annoyed me. Cause it's like, really like you could put, you know, a really good, like girl soccer movie on here. There's like other things that just shouldn't be on here that like are taking up places from Jerry Maguire and Benda like Beckham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I've I've never seen that one either, but I would definitely check it out at some point. Um, 
what, when did that come out? That was like, I want to say like early 2000s-ish? Yeah, it's 2002. Like 2002 or something. 2002, okay, I just checked. Sounds about right. And the guy in, like, Jonathan Rise Myers, or I think that's his name, the guy who played Henry VIII in The Tudors, he plays, like, their um, soccer coach. Like, their super hot soccer coach. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like a, I guess he's, like, in college and she's in high school, so they kind of have, like, this, like, thing about like they can't but they really like each other but maybe when she goes to college whatever um but it's it's like a good movie and it's funny too that's the thing is like it's a funny it has like you know Mm -hmm. intense components about like your family and you know all that kind of stuff but there's like it's like a funny movie Mm -hmm. yeah yeah all right so Um, i mean i figure uh yeah a bunch of us got that off of our chest you guys want to dive into the brackets here yeah. Uh, one, one, one last thing. Two quick shout-outs. One, which yeah, is uh, to Real Steel with Hugh Jackman, one of my favorite movies uh, that nobody talks about ever. I will stand and ride by that movie. It's not really a sports movie, but it basically is. I mean, just because it's robots yeah. doesn't mean it's not sports. I mean, let's not be, you know, robotist. I don't know if that's whatever. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> and then the last let's one. Let's not do that. Yeah, let's not do that. Uh, my mom was, like, yelling at me the other day because The Hustler – should be counted among this, which is from like 1961. So I haven't seen it and I don't know if it counts as a sports movie, but my Bob was very upset when that one wasn't mentioned for some reason and not Jerry Maguire. Like that's where she drew the line. Uh, so shout out to my Bob. And if I watch that movie, it's not a sports movie. I'm going to be very upset, but uh, you know, just, just a shout out to the hustler, I guess. Oh, of course, of course. Um, all right, cool. So, I mean, I, I figure, you know, we'll start up here uh, with the Eastern bracket, the one versus 16 matchup. Maybe I'll introduce this first one, and then we'll just kind of take turns all the way through. But sound good to you guys? Sounds good. Yeah. And uh, full disclosure for anyone listening, uh, the three of us have not seen all 64 movies on this list. I mean, we've been doing our homework. We've been watching a lot of movies that we haven't seen before. But did we get to the entire list? No, not quite. Uh, there's some movies maybe that we'll see in the future. But, you know, for the purposes of this bracket, I think we've all seen enough that uh you know we can we can go through the bracket together so with that uh we'll jump right into the one versus 16 matchup we've got top seeded hoosiers up against 16 seed any given sunday uh gabrielle maybe you want to start this one any any thoughts on this matchup here yeah for sure i this is it's actually a strong start to the bracket that you have hoosiers versus any given sunday because you have gene hackman versus al pacino and like a young cameron diaz in her prime so and and jamie yeah. fox so it's like you know you got a lot going on i full disclosure i actually had not seen hoosiers until this point i know it's like an iconic movie but mm-hmm. i just hadn't seen it um and i watched it for the purposes of this bracket and i have to say like i res- i feel like it's kind of like the sports version of citizen kane where like you acknowledge that it's a really great movie but you don't really enjoy watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's just like, it's like really intense. You know, Dennis Hopper is incredible in it. And I actually put out a poll asking if people thought this was Dennis Hopper's like best role. And people had a lot of feelings about like either it was or it wasn't. It was like a close, like I think it was like 46 to six, like 46 to, you know, 54%, like pretty close voting. But yeah. I acknowledge that Hoosiers is a good movie. I don't find it to be like something I would rewatch a lot in terms of like actually like enjoying it. I think it's like a little too intense for that purpose. So I would go with any given Sunday just from like you of 
if you're trapped at home in quarantine or isolation or whatever we call this time where none of us are allowed to go outside, I'm giving it to any given Sunday from like an actual watchability standpoint. Kicking off the bracket with a bang here, picking a 16 over a one. Like <laughs> here we go. Um, here we go. Here no, we, we already, go. We uh, acknowledge that like the seeding of these movies is absolute crap. That's true. That's true. You know. I, there, it, I think that there's weird. some true yeah. one seeds on here, but like there's How like... Big a Night's Ricky Bobby is a nine, but any given <laughs> Sunday is a 16, and then <laughs> Space Jam's a six, but White Man Can't Jump is a 13. So like, really, there are no like the seeding is crap. So I, this is tough because Hoosiers I, I'd seen before when I was a little bit younger, maybe when I, I think I saw it for the first time, like my freshman year of high school, I think, which, you know, wasn't, isn't too long ago in the grand scheme of things. But anyway, it's, I always, it's kind of like this movie that's respected, right? It's one of those movies that's respected for kind of being a, a, um, a blueprint for a lot of sports movies, the underdog stories and everything that came after this, right? It came out in 1986. And my problem with it, there's there was actually an SB Nation article that was sent in uh, Gabriel and I's uh, lockdown MLB chat. Actually, someone uh, sent this in there when they when this bracket got passed along because people really hate Hoosiers. There are some people who really yeah. really hate Hoosiers, and you know, with the whole oh, this wasn't really a team story. It was just about waiting for the talented kid to get back. The, there's some racial undertones and kind of subtext that people don't like, and I, I understand all those points. I think to backpack on top of that, I didn't like anyone in this movie with the exception of Dennis Hopper. I didn't like any performance. I know Gene Hackman's great. Gene Hackman had more heart and like freaking, I'm trying not to curse, like the birdcage than this movie. And and I love the birdcage, by the way. Shout out birdcage. birdcage. Um, but it's just, ah, it's really hard. I respect it like crazy though. I think yeah, that this movie right. should have been like a five or six if seating were done correctly, because I do respect that there's an old school kind of feel to it. And it's kind of like that first movie. Right. And then any given Sunday, which I just watched like a few days, ago, a few days ago, <laughs> any given Sunday's out of control guys. I don't know why. Like, yeah. So yeah. there's some directing things and I don't want to get like film jargony and whatnot. I don't want to act like I'm on film Twitter all the time, but there's just some directing choices in this where they're cutting scenes from Troy to like make the point <laughs> that Al Pacino's trying to make and gladiator yeah. to like emphasize that this is a war. This is for honor and glory. And there's people's, you know, not to get too gruesome, but spoiler, like there's like eyeballs flying out at the end of this movie. And yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is going on? It's calm down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, yeah. but I will say this. The, the movie is also long, but not – it didn't feel too long. I know it's, it's like two hours and like 40 minutes, which sounds daunting and was one of the reasons I was considering not giving this one a chance. But it was at least kind of – I was entertained. There's like alligators being unleashed in the shower. There's – Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. Dennis Quaid <laughs> is in this. Somehow a movie about – the violence of football and i think this is a good thing like or not a good thing but this is an interesting thing about the only domestic violence that happens is between the old quarterback and his wife and the wife slapping him in the face it's like this movie's out of control and yeah. i i think though one of my biggest points for it is i don't think it's well made i think the story and ideas are good i think it's kind of prescient in a lot of ways for how we view football from afar as being this violent sport where 
people are just being injected with steroids or whatever. Like it's kind of got that thing that was ahead of its time in some respects, but the performances are really good. And I think that that's the biggest advantage it has over Hoosiers. And I think that I know I'm really going on a bit of a tangent right now, but I at least was entertained by this movie. I don't like the directing. I think uh, Oliver Stone does his best to basically make this as bad as possible, but I could see myself like having a good time watching this with friends. Hoosiers is one of those things that you kind of show people because you're like, hey, hey, Timmy, you know, this was this is back in my day, the type of movie that uh, kind of breeded the sports movie underdog story. And then you get done watching. Yeah. And you're like, OK, can I watch Glory Road or like The Way Back or I don't know any other underdog story instead? Like that's so I'm going to go with any good I've given Sunday. No disrespect wow. to Hoosiers, like, but. Yeah, all the disrespect to Hoosiers at the same time. Uh, a good movie, but I just think hey, it's the new age. Uh, Welcome to the future, my friends. Uh, here's the thing. like, I mean, it's, it's a moot point at this point because it's already 2 nothing. Uh, with Hoosiers, for me, it's a classic case of, you know, I went a long time without seeing Hoosiers. And everybody's telling me, you got to see Hoosiers. Oh, it's so good. you got to see Hoosiers. you got to see Hoosiers. And so the bar is just set so enormously high that as soon as I sit down to watch it, I mean, I'm expecting this is going to be one of the greatest sports movies that I've ever seen. And I liked it. I liked it a lot. You know, it, it's a good, solid underdog story before the underdog mm-hmm. story had been done to death. Like, I think you mentioned 1986 was the year that this came out. And mm-hmm. to, to both of your guys' point, uh, Dennis Hopper's fantastic in this movie. Uh, Gene Hackman's very good as well. But there was a little bit, when the movie ended, there was a little bit of me that was just kind of like, huh, that's it? Like, that's yeah. it? Like, mm-hmm. just... Just another, just kind of another underdog story. So I, I do like the movie. I don't want to make it sound like, you know, I dislike it by any means. And then any given Sunday, uh, to your point, Javier, it's just completely over the top and just out of control <laughs> and just ridiculous. Uh, I was I was definitely going to mention the scene with, uh, you know, one of the players, I think, like, releases a baby alligator in the, in the yeah. shower. And I'm, just, <laughs> and I'm like, does this happen? Does this happen in the NFL? Like, what is, what am I watching? Kind of like the hangover, but for like a yes. football movie where it's yeah. like, there's a tiger in the bathroom. We stole it from Mike Tyson. It's like, what? Like, how drunk were you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, exactly. I, just, so, I, mean, I just feel like Hoosiers is one of those movies. Like, you have to see it once, but like, people make it seem like it's like, if you don't like Hoosiers or if you do like Hoosiers, like, people have such extreme feelings about it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, yeah. I don't know. I just like, I was like, uh, okay, all right, that that was Hoosiers. Like, that's what that's what everyone's been telling me to watch. Like, my mom was like, oh, you've never seen Hoosiers. I've seen it like thirty times. And I was like, first of all, you're my mother, so you never showed me Hoosiers. So, <laughs> like, she'll be like, oh, you've never done this. I'm like, well, yeah, okay, you're you're the person that raised me. You're surprised that I've never done something. Like, you basically know everything about my life, but. I just like I feel like I like I've seen Hoosiers like I can check it off my list of like things that you need to do as a person in sports and like I don't feel <laughs> need to watch it again. Person yeah, in sports, yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, so I will officially give my vote to Hoosiers, but any given Sunday mm-hmm. wins two to one, sixteen over a one. We are underway here. How about it? Oh yeah, we are. Here we go. Uh, who wants? Who wants to introduce the next one? We got eight and nine matchup. Um, I'm down to do it just because I have I have a take. You know, <clears throat> extremely uh, first take voice. Um, so the next matchup is the longest yard, the original one, back from like 1970 something, versus Talladega Nights, the Ballad of Ricky Bobby, or whatever the the long egregious title is of that movie. And here's the thing: this is another one of those movies that I saw. I'm pretty sure at like 
a precarious time in my life was with a bunch of friends and it happened to be on. I think I saw it my sophomore year of college. I was in a dorm somewhere. It's like 1230 at night. Somebody had this on and I'm I'm surrounded by people who think Will Ferrell is like the funniest comedian we have. Right. Or funny person we have, whatever you want to call him. Right. And here's the thing. Yeah. I didn't really I, I saw The Longest Yard, the original one uh, recently, and I like the story idea. And I really like Burt Reynolds because he is just like if the word masculine was a person, that would be what like in this movie he just has this stone cold face they and what's funny is actually what i like about the movie is early on they they make him i think they make him shave his mustache which is like kind of like iconic for him which almost felt like this meta like oh yeah like they really they really got this guy right and will ferrell like i said first take voice i just don't get it man like i actually like some of his movies i like um anchorman I actually didn't hate Anchorman 2 that much, but granted, I saw the second one before the first one, so maybe that's why. And really actually, my favorite, my favorite, my favorite, like a puddle in Anchorman 2. Yeah. <laughs> and I like, um, I actually, my favorite Will Ferrell movie is this thing called Stranger Than Fiction, which is not as much a comedy, really. It's just like this kind of heartfelt, it's still got comedy in there for sure. It's about this guy who he can hear someone narrating him, basically, and someone's writing his story. And it's like kind of ridiculous. And but it's 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 got a lot of heart to it. And I really like it. A lot of Will Ferrell movies I just despise. And Talladega Nights, it's not at the top of that list just because I actually don't I'm not convinced people actually like this movie. Like how many people have talked about this movie outside of like showing one clip for like a meme when he gets out of the car and he's like shouting or whatever the heck he's doing? Um, my vote is gonna go for the longest yard to prevent my Will Ferrell tangent from going any longer because there's actually another movie on this bracket we'll get to at some point that features the man, the myth, the legend. And I just, I at least like the original Longest Yard for its concept. It's a really cool, really raunchy kind of idea. And it's dramatic. My only problem with it is the football game in this movie is literally an hour. I'm not kidding. If, If people like... The football game, the big penultimate, like pinnacle of the movie, the game starts at like one hour into the movie, and that is the rest of the movie, and it's exhausting. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's really yeah. exhausting. But I at least like that the longest yard. I can see why I feel like it was a hit back then. Okay, so your vote, you're going longest yard then? Yes. Yes. Cool. Um, just to kind of shake up the order, I, I guess I'll go next. Um, to me, I know we were kind of ragging on this bracket for some of the seeds. To me, this, <laughs> this one kind of felt like an this one kind of felt like an eight and nine matchup. And Javier, mm-hmm. I'm with you a little bit. You know, Will Ferrell. I, I don't think he's like the funniest person that's ever lived, but I do like a lot of his movies. He's very mm-hmm. hit or miss with me. I, I thought this was kind of a hit, um, and I like John C. Riley in that movie as well. Um, and this, to me, you know, when you have a matchup, you know, The Longest Yard, the original one, there are a few comedy elements, but for the most part, it, it's a you know hard nosed drama. I would say. And Talladega Nights is just like a goofy comedy. So it's kind of hard. It's a little bit apples and oranges. Um, and I like The Longest Yard. I, I just saw it, you know, a couple days ago, you know, preparing for this. I had only ever seen the Adam Sandler version. I would say that I like the original better than the Sandler version. But I don't know. I remember laughing quite a bit watching Talladega Nights. And granted, it was probably about 10 years ago. But for that reason, you know, the movie made me laugh. I, I like Will Ferrell in it. I think John C. Riley's great in it. I'm going to go Talladega Nights. And so, Gabrielle, you got to break the tie here. What do you got? 
Oh God. All right. Um, I mean, I agree. Like, I think, you know, everyone's always like, Will Ferrell is like the greatest comedian of all of like our generation, whatever. He's very hit or miss for me too. Like I love him in Zoolander. Um, Mm -hmm. I really like Talladega Nights, but like there are movies where I'm just like, this isn't funny. You know, like I watched him and um, John C. Riley in like the Sherlock and Holmes, whatever Sherlock Holmes, Sherlock and Watson, whatever thing that they made and I was like, yeah I think yeah yeah and I was like this is like there were so many moments where I was like how is this isn't funny you know like it's just I don't get why this is funny um so and for longest yard I've seen the original I haven't actually seen the Adam Sandler version but <laughs> like I also don't think like we were talking about movies that got snubbed from this Talladega Nights like there is like a good amount of race car driving in this but not a ton you know like a lot of it is like him him losing everything and and not and not you know and like how and like having to like grow as a person which i love as a movie but as a sports movie i have to give it to the longest yard just on the basis of like sports and burt reynolds um Though shout out Amy Adams, this was like one of her first movies, and she's right, like yeah. low key really good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I feel like that doesn't get enough appreciation because now it's like she's Amy Adams, but she's like she's funny in this movie. She's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm yeah. going longest. Um, and just to kind of piggyback, I mean, I think we're all in agreement on this. Really, like we all like Will Ferrell at times, but other movies we kind of just don't get it. Um, just a casual observation about him, not to go on too much of a tangent, but I feel like he's a lot of times funnier when he's not the main character. Um, yeah. Uh, Gabrielle, you mentioned Zoolander, and then also Old School. I think he's fantastic in that as well. Um, yeah. So I don't know what it is. Um, maybe when he's the main character, it's it just kind of like you overdose on him a little bit. But uh, yeah, I think he's kind of better off almost when he's not the main character. Yeah, and I think he actually kind of knows that to a certain extent because he and John C. Riley have made at least three movies together now, I think, because they made Step Brothers. Step Brothers, they're pretty, yeah. they're pretty much, you know, co-headlining that movie. And their right. their banter and like their shenanigans together are what make that movie so great. But, you know, the movies when like he's kind of more the star and John and John C. Riley is kind of like, you know, his lackey, like the Watson and Holmes movie, it's like it's it's just kind of weird you know I, I i like it better when will ferrell is like kind of either not like a supporting actor or he's like co-headlining with other people i think he plays better when he's not on like kind of in the spotlight alone gabrielle i, I suppose it's your turn do you want to introduce the next matchup here for the loyal listeners sure um this is actually one of my favorites so miracle is a five seed and Secretariat is a 12. Now for starters, Diane Lane is like a treasure. So Secretariat being a 12 seed is just like a joke, but (laughs) um, I love Miracle. I saw it in theaters as a kid with my hockey loving dad who grew up in Minnesota and played hockey like his whole life. And we would go, we would ice skate every Sunday of like the first 15 years of my life at this outdoor rink in Boston that, um, is kind of like a favorite for like some former Bruins players and um, Tom Brady's kids took skating lessons there. It's kind of like a like a low key Boston like 
treasure for people who love to freeze to death in the winter. Um, so I'm going with Miracle just based on like the nostalgia of like that movie, like reminding me of like being like a kid who grew up loving sports with her dad. Um, but this is like, this was one of the hardest matchups for me just because Secretariat's incredible. Um, Diane Lane's really good in it. And I don't think she gets enough recognition for like what a great actress she is in general, but Miracle, I got to go with Miracle. And also because um, the coach, he died before he got to see, mm. before the movie came out. Um, and so they like yeah. honored him with the movie. Herb Brooks. Herb Brooks. Herb, thank you. Yeah. So Kurt Russell playing Herb <laughs> Brooks. Her, the real Herb Brooks died before the movie came out. And um, he didn't get like, I don't know if he wasn't able to see the final version or it was just that he saw it, but like it hadn't officially come out yet, but they honored him. They like dedicated the movie to him and that's really special. But the whole story is like, you know, it's like a classic fit like that to me. That's, I think, I think this movie actually, the last thing I'll say is I think this movie actually is the, the reason that I was kind of like surprised by Hoosiers was because for me, Miracle was like the underdog movie that I saw growing up. And mm -hmm it really had kind of like that whole astounding, like triumphant, triumphant, like triumphantness of like what an underdog movie is supposed to be. And so when I saw Hoosiers, I was like comparing it subconsciously mm -hmm. to Miracle and being like, no, this doesn't do it for me the way that Miracle does. Yeah. It's look, and I'm full disclosure. I have not seen secretary. I am familiar with the movie, but I have not seen it. Um, I don't know. Just, it's just never a, was something I guess at that time when it came out that I was interested in and miracle. You're right. I think that's the perfect point. People tell you to see Hoosiers. Like that's the, the apex, right. Of sports movies for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, and okay. look, I want to give respect to Hoosiers because I imagine that, like we said, like that's kind of like the blueprint, right? That was one of the blueprints for underdog sports movies. Right. And miracle is, is part of that. It's an underdog sports movie. It's got the cliches and everything, but the difference is I love Kurt Russell in this. I love just saying again to my friends, whatever we're like, I don't know. We could be playing like yeah. a game of Overwatch. <laughs> I just love like, say we lose a game of Overwatch and then I'm just like, again, <laughs> I'll just say that into the mic. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's so got quotable. the thing. Yeah. It's got the let the ending speech. Um, That's just, it, it's like kind of reminds you of the return of the King, like, but not this day type of thing. And it's, I'm not a big hockey fan. Sorry, John. Uh, no offense to the Rangers. And I do got love for the Stanley Cup playoffs, though. Just really, as someone who has no idea what's going on, I just, I'm always just in shock. Yeah. I'm just like, what's good? This is awesome. Why, why are all the, all the sports playoffs? Is this intense? But um, as that's what I think is so crazy. I wanted to play hockey after I watched Miracle. And I don't think there are too many. I think that that's a nice like little litmus test for how good a sports movie is sometimes is does it really make you want to play the sport? It does. It's not a necessity all the time, but does it at least be like, Oh yeah, I kind of want to play this. There's a lot of movies on this bracket that I don't think make you want that at all, which is usually not a good sign. Yeah. And I think miracle is great title and it's, it's genuinely like gives you goosebumps when the U S beats the Soviet union spoiler somehow, if you didn't read history yeah. books or whatever. <laughs> um, and it's it's really just it's just well done. There's, you there's know? one and guy I, getting mad at us right now because we spoiled we spoiled the outcome of uh, the <laughs> yeah. of a movie based in actual history with real human beings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, exactly. <laughs> you so know yeah, my also, vote also goes to Miracle. 
you know what it also is though i just like just to jump back in one of the things that i i mean i know it's cheesy but i love a good training montage mm. and hoosiers doesn't, yeah. hoosiers doesn't really have one like right. you have him kind of doing a little bit of drills and like making them run and stuff at the beginning but then they're just like playing a game they're just they're already in a game they kind of skip the whole like you know them like running till they puke and kind of like there's no like good training montage set to like a good song like you know rocky running up and down the stairs like there isn't that and i think you know as cliche as that is it is one of the enjoyable parts because you are seeing how the team comes together you're seeing the work in like a kind of cinematic pleasant way um and it kind of amps you up and hoosiers doesn't have that right yeah, Hoosiers. So, we're just hating on Hoosiers. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're not yeah, like no, hating on Hoosiers. We're acknowledging that it's like a, a well-made movie and like people should see right. it. But I think we're also kind of calling out like the people who I think it's kind of like a snobby thing in sports to be like, oh, you haven't seen Hoosiers or like you yeah. don't enjoy Hoosiers. Like I, I think it's like kind of like a you know, a superiority thing of feeling like it's a kind of hipster to be like, oh, I truly enjoy Hoosiers. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people enjoy a really intense movie with like, you know, violence and alcoholism and like near death experiences <laughs> and racism. Like, that's, yeah. that's not enjoyable. Yeah. Look, or, I'm sorry about this. Like, I'm not, you're not the kind of person I want to hang out with because it's a little disturbing that you enjoy those things. Yeah, and we'd even go deeper into the issues with the movie. Like, there's some genuine racist, like, undertones in this movie that are, I think, valid in a lot of ways. And we'd even, like, yeah. go into yeah. that. And Miracle, it's like, look, man, let's just let's just get amped about something. Let's be like, yeah, USA, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's – um, there are very few movies that make me feel like that. And Miracle – Valley made me feel like that, but I was also like, yo, mom, like, can I try out for hockey like tomorrow? Like, I'm ready to run through and a brick wall like, after no. watching that. Yeah, and she was like, no. She's <laughs> like, no, you're keeping your teeth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I got I gotta go for miracle as well here. And I did like Secretariat. Um it's funny, you know, I'm glad we're doing these brackets because there's some movies on here that, you know, I never would have watched probably on my own. And now that mm. I have watched them, I'm glad yeah. that I did. And um Secretariat is just a perfect example of that. And so is Seabiscuit. We'll get to that a little bit later. But I'm just not really that into horse racing. Uh, but but they were good movies. I liked them a lot. The cinematography in both movies is very good. Uh, you feel like you're right down there on the track with them. You kind of feel like the excitement and the danger of everything. But Miracle Man, I mean, it, it's just, it, it'd be hard to screw up that movie. You know what I mean? It, it's basically the greatest sports moment of American history. I mean, you could mm -hmm. definitely make that argument. You know, the U.S. team beating the Soviets in the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, just an incredible or upset. The Red Sox. And the Red Sox beating the Yankees in 2004. That was pretty good. Oh, I forgot your bot. Oh, no, I, I think the year before was actually better. But, uh, you know. It was, it was great. But, it was uh, great until he injured himself playing pickup basketball and got, like, like a total nerd and got, like, you know, removed from the team for A-Rod, who then, like, used performance-enhancing drugs and got himself suspended for a full season and only got one ring. Hey. You know, oh everything God. happens for a reason. I do remember uh, where he's getting into some hot water there, but since everybody <laughs> at ESPN is a Red Sox fan, you know, we didn't really hear a whole lot about it. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. My mom was she listens to this going to be upset. That, that was going to have to happen sooner or later. Yeah. yeah. Can I yeah. just say, in terms of the, the horse movies, um, I, 
I'm a very like sensitive person when it comes to animal movies. And so like, I personally would not have watched these movies just on the basis that I get so nervous that something's going to happen to the animals. Like, do you know that they're going to get hurt or they're going to die or something bad? Like Charlotte's web was a roller coaster for me as a kid. So like whenever I watch like a movie where it's like heavily focused on animals, I'm so nervous that something bad's going to happen to them that I just like don't want to yeah. watch them. Cause I just like, I know I'll cry. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm like, They'll, they'll slow it down in slow motion in one of these horse movies, and I'm just waiting for one of them to like injure itself or like for yep. the phone to. Uh, no, yeah, I just don't I want it to happen, it. you know. Not or like Turner, it. Turner um, and Hooch. Like my cousin spoiled that movie for me. They were like, "How sad were you when the dog dies?" And I was like, "I've never seen this movie before. The dog's gonna die." <laughs> I was yeah. like crying no, before I'm... the movie even started. Yeah, I, I found out that the dog dies in that movie, and I've never seen it as a result. I, I, I'm not going to wait around for an hour and a half or two hours to see a dog die. I mean, come on. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, anyway, I, I, I will go with Miracle for this one as well. Did, did Miracle sleep? Did we all go Miracle? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of a tangent cool. that we went on there. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know what? We, we all got time to kill right now, so, uh, yeah, let's have some fun here. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's jump into the next one we've got. Four-seated cool runnings up against 13-seated white men can't jump. Um, maybe, uh, Gabrielle, you want to lead this one off? I want to do the next one. <laughs> okay, so. Okay, okay. So, so um, Javier, you want to you lead this one off? Let's do it. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen, cool runnings. You might not be familiar with it. I wasn't. Honestly, just going to come around and say it, pretty terrible title. I'm sorry. I just think that it's a really basic title. It sounds like something a fifth grader came up with. Like, oh, hey, we're, there's a sports movie about people who 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 run and they're going to be in a, a bobsled and they're really cool. What do you think we should call it? Cool runnings. Like, that's what it feels like to me. And <laughs> not to be too uh, mean about it. And, yeah, super, super for sure. Even like the, the you see like the poster of the movie. You're like, oh, yeah, this is a 90s movie. Um, yeah. And uh, I like the idea of cool runnings. It's it's cute. I like the whole the chant they do where they're like, "We are from Jamaica. We have a bobsled team." Like that's it's like funny, but I didn't like the movie as a whole as much. White man can't jump is just sports culture, like basketball culture, and surprisingly ages really well. Uh, I think people might be when they hear like this movie about a white guy and a black guy playing basketball and getting to know each other and like actually attacking racial like kind of stereotypes and whatnot that if it was made pre 2010, you're going to imagine people will be like, Oh, is it like really bad? And it's like, no, I was, I actually, that's what I love about the movie so much is it's actually really poignant in a lot of ways. And I just love Woody Harrelson and uh, what's his face. Wesley Snipes in this. I just think that they're great. And I love sports movies that aren't just the typical cliche, like underdog story. Like this one is kind of an underdog story in a sense, but it's also kind of just about these two guys kind of learning to coexist and play basketball. And what I love about basketball, I'm a firm believer that you can tell a lot about people based on how they play basketball. I think that's why it's one of my favorite sports, if not my favorite. I think there are just so many different ways to play it um, versus other sports, which are they kind of have the same objective. Well, this one has the same objective. Anyway, I'm getting into a whole like sports theory type of essay and dissertation now. Um, my vote is going to go to White Man Can't Jump. I just think that it's better made, and I think that it ages a lot better. And I honestly wouldn't say this for a lot of these movies. I wouldn't mind a remake for this one, honestly. I think that it could actually be really interesting if it was in the right hands for somebody. 
yeah, the right hands and certainly the right actors would, would, would help it along quite a bit. Um, I actually, I had not seen either one of these movies before we, you know, decided <laughs> that we were going to do this. And, uh, and to your point, Javier, like, I, I can really appreciate that White Men Can't Jump uh, really doesn't really follow a typical structure. Like, it's basically just, like, two guys playing basketball, and sometimes they hustle people together, and sometimes they hustle each other, and they make a lot of friendly, funny banter. Like, it, it's a very enjoyable movie. Uh, the girl in that movie, I, I don't know the actress's name, but she's very funny as well. Um, mm-hmm. And the cool runnings, you know, this this is one of those movies that, you know, when you tell people you haven't seen it, they look at you like you have ten heads. And I've gotten that a lot over the years. So at least we're done with that. At least now I can say I've seen Cool Runnings. This so far is the toughest one for me to decide. Um, I think I'm going to go with White Men Can't Jump, though. Because, I, like I said, I, the performances were great. And I, I can appreciate that it doesn't follow, like, a typical sports movie formula. It really is kind of its own thing. It doesn't really remind you of any other movie that you've seen, at least for me. So, yeah, mm-hmm. another one for White Men Can't Jump. And, Gabrielle, it's up to you. Now. Well, it's to nothing, but your, your turn. <laughs> All right. Well, for starters, I have to say, so these movies came out within a year of each other, and they both have, like, very 90s posters, which I love from, like, an aesthetic, from just, like, from an aesthetic, like, purely aesthetic viewpoint, like, the White Man Can't Jump poster is so good, just, like, the colors and the fact that Woody Harrelson's wearing a shirt that says White Man Can't Jump kind of in, like, an I'm with stupid vibe you know um but the arrows yeah. but the arrows like pointing up i think i don't remember what show they had that on where like they put the guy in the shirt and it's like i'm with stupid and the arrows like pointing at his face and he doesn't get it um but anyway so i love both of these movies i have to give it to cool runnings just because i from like a, again childhood nostalgic point when i was a kid we had our nanny was from Jamaica and we watched this movie with her and she loved it. And she thought it was like the cutest thing ever. She, she like thought it was so funny and which was very like not her style. She was very like, you know, kind of like matronly, like strict, like professor McGonagall as like a nanny. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) If that like Harry Potter reference, like resonates with anybody. Always man. Yeah. Um, But also because the people of Jamaica love cool runnings. Like mm-hmm. I've yeah. flew, I had a, a layover in their airport once when I was like 12 years old and they have an entire section of the airport with like a bobsled display and like all this stuff about the movie. And it's just like clear that they really take pride in this movie coming for like being about Jamaica. And I think about that every time I've seen this movie, which is probably like six times now. And I just, <laughs> It makes me happy. Um, and so as much as like, I think this was the hardest matchup for me so far in the list. And I was like, no, but I have to give it to cool runnings just based on like the feel good level of that movie. Mm-hmm. And also because I personally right. think that, like the, like Billy's relationship with, um, what's his name? Gloria, what's her name? Gloria. Like, I just like it, parts of it were very frustrating and like unhealthy to me. Mm. And I just like that that's hard to watch, you know? Right. That's a that's actually a really good fair counterpoint. Wow, yeah, like I like the Wesley and um, Woody Harrelson's relationship. The yeah. other stuff is that that part I think ages well, but you, you you bring up a really good point that I didn't uh, that I forgot about to be honest. I just think you know, obviously, this movie is supposed to be about the relationship between Billy and Sydney, um, and mm-hmm. so I think part of like his romantic relationship with Gloria is kind of like a foil to that of like to highlight just the growth of his relationship with Sydney, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But 
yeah. it's still it's still unpleasant to watch like you know like them kind of just hurting each other and it's just like it's just not like you can tell it's just not a healthy relationship and both of them mm-hmm. obviously like play parts in that but it's just like you're kind of relieved when <laughs> when Sydney's like well maybe you guys just shouldn't be together and it's like <laughs> yeah probably yeah. not yeah I mean you're almost you're almost kind of relieved when when the movie ends and nothing like really really bad happens to either person right you know what I mean yeah and I'm yeah. just like and I'm just kind of like you know yeah I'm just glad when like they're kind of free of each other I guess or just yeah. not together so we don't have to watch them together anymore mm-hmm yeah. yeah, that's one of those movies that and, uh, I could see a world where if it was directed by like Tarantino or the Safdie brothers, that something awful happens at the very end of it. God. Yeah, of course. <laughs> just for the sake of something awful happening. Side, yeah. side um, note, speaking of movies that aren't on here, um, Uncut Gems isn't on here. God dang it. <laughs> and that's like technically, I mean, it's obviously not a sports movie, but KG is like a huge part of it and he's first of all really good in it like mm-hmm. surprising like first of all i learned yesterday joelle Embiid was supposed to be yeah the I star that in that movie not kg and it fell through because the production was taking such a long time that um it was going to be filmed during the season and so he couldn't do it so they they had to kind of like backtrack it and set it in like kg time but um KG is really good in it and also like a huge component of it obviously is that he's like betting on sports and like doing all this stuff with like sports gambling and like the whole premise of you guys both saw it right like I'm not yeah yeah I um it's funny because if my friend's listening right now uh I have like the unpopular take that I didn't think it was that amazing I I thought it was good and it should definitely be on this bracket like no doubt if we're if we're counting it but I just felt like that movie was it's for me it was one of those things i was a victim of why am i seeing everybody call this the clear masterpiece of the last decade i just didn't get that and i also have a little bit of a problem with the ending and the motivations behind it but that's like a whole i could talk like an hour on uncut gems probably no i won't i won't get into that whole thing obviously because that's not the point but i did think it should be on this Mm -hmm. bracket because it kind of like the, it's kind of a murky rubric for like what qualifies mm-hmm. as a sports movie on this bracket, especially given the seating. It's like if some movies are on here, then Uncut Gems should also be on here. Um, especially if Jerry Maguire's not on here, it's like there's no <laughs> there's no clear guidelines for what is or what isn't the sports movie. Yeah. But having but having said that, I agree. I don't think that like I went into this being like, all right, I'm about to be amazed by this movie, and I left feeling traumatized, and I. <laughs> Because, and and my boyfriend felt the same way. Like, we left the movie and we both were kind of nervous because, like, you know when something's been really hyped up and then if you don't get it, similar with Hooters, where it's like, you're like, is there something wrong with me that Mm -hmm. I'm not amazed and blown away by what I just experienced? And so we both kind of looked at each other and we were like, so how did you feel about that movie? Mm -hmm. And then we were both kind of like, that was so intense and I did not like it. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it is a good movie in certain ways, but it was exhausting and not only was it exhausting but it was like it was like i just my friend called it hard drugs that's what he called that movie and honestly i think it was a pretty apt description of how you call that movie 
it made me feel the way I felt during finals week in college when I was just like so <laughs> overwhelmed and running on fumes and like 85 cups of coffee and like falling asleep in the library and waking up at 4 a.m. and being like, oh my God, I'm still in the library. But also I I have an Apple watch and you know how they track your heart rate. Yeah. So I was telling my mom how the movie was really intense. And then I remember that a friend of mine had posted a tweet with a photo of his like Apple watch, like his heart rate tracking from during the 2019 Super Bowl of like how crazy his heart rate was. And I went and looked at my heart rate from the move from watching the movie. And it was like 170 beats per minute <laughs> watching okay. this movie. And, and then I read an article saying that people were having like heart attacks in the movie because it was so intense. And I like texted my mom who had, because my dad has a heart condition. I was like, don't let dad see this movie. Like he can't go see this movie. And <laughs> yeah. So for me, I just like, it was just too much. I can't watch it, but sorry, that was a huge tangent, but. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, and it, yeah. Uh, White Bear Ketchup, I think, was better. <laughs> well, Gabrielle, I know, I know you want to introduce this next movie, so the floor is yours. Welcome to the Space Jam. I just wanted to say that. Let's go. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love Space Jam. I love it so much. I've seen it like 800 times. I have Space Jam T-shirts, and um, <laughs> like it's just one of those movies. Like I would watch it when I was sick as a kid. I will watch it when I'm like needing some comfort as a grown-up my boyfriend and i have watched it like multiple times over the course of our less than a year relationship um i just love it i think it's so funny i don't think that there should be a space jam 2 starring lebron because why um i chariots of fire was good but i can't not choose space jam just based on like it's literally michael jordan and looney tunes and Bill Murray and Larry Bird like that you can't also side note Danny DeVito is basically the same in every movie that he's in for like (laughs) a good stretch of his career where like he's the monster guy he's penguin he's the penguin from Batman (laughs) Batman Returns Um, yeah Yeah. like he's also Phil in Hercules (laughs) It's one of my and favorites. like they're they're all so they all have so much like underlying like Danny DeVito in them like it's just like there's so much connectivity between the characters that he plays in the 90s like in this stretch of like cartoons and like comic book characters where he's just Danny DeVito mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. Space Jam 100 um, percent yeah this this is an easy one for me I mean I, I tried to give Chariots of Fire a chance. Um, it, it's not, I wouldn't say it was a bad movie or anything. I, I just couldn't get into it the way I got into a lot of other movies on this list. And ultimately, you know, it's a movie about running, which, you know, all the respect in the world, you know, anybody who makes it to the Olympics as a runner, you know, short distance, long distance, whatever it might be. Obviously they're very, very good at what they do and they, they train tremendously hard for it, but it just doesn't make for a great sports movie. You know, it's not the best sport for a movie. Um, and Space Jam's got Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny playing basketball and i really don't think i really need to say a whole lot else so space jam wins uh landslide for me yeah me too man and this is one of the ones i haven't seen i have not seen chariots of fire don't worry i was trying to just fake you guys out that i haven't seen space jam um space jam is one of those movies that you look back and you say i bet you that somebody walked into the office at warner brothers and they were just like here's my pitch michael jordan looney tunes and they didn't even let him continue the pitch they were like all right we're done like that's it 
And what's yeah. funny is it's also really good and it has heart and it's got a lot of, icon- I mean, it's memed almost to death at this point, but it, it yeah. works. And I think that there's something about it that, that really everyone kind of appreciates, even though there's, you know, Michael Jordan isn't some ace actor, right? He's, he's Michael Jordan. Right. Um, but, but there's just something about it that works. Actor. Like that's the point, you know, he's just mm-hmm. Michael Jordan. Yeah. So they it, just, it doesn't like really matter. It's just like, yeah. Cause he's literally playing Michael himself. Jordan. Yeah. yeah, he's literally playing himself, which is kind of like the perfect uh, vehicle for him to be used in. And um, yeah, and shout out to Dan DeVito, Mr. Uh, and I, I do appreciate him in Hercules a lot. I like yeah. his whole like, I got, I got two words for you. <laughs> and then he says three. I'm uh, retired. Yeah. <laughs> and Hercules uh, is like on his really weirdly shaped fingers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, that's 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 I agree. Just a, kind of a wipeout here. The first one of the first wipeouts of the bracket, I'd say. It's pretty easy for all of us, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so I guess we'll jump into the next one here. We've got uh, the three-seed Raging Bull going up against the 14-seed for the love of the game. I just saw Raging Bull, uh, you know, preparing for this this thing that we were going to do here, these brackets. And, like, the acting in it is fantastic. Obviously, De Niro and Pesci, you've got the two of them in their prime. Not a whole lot else needs to be said. I mean, we both know – we all know how good those guys are. Um, but the, the – and Raging Bull is going to win for me because I just couldn't get into For the Love of the Game that much. But mm-hmm. the, the only thing working against Raging Bull for me is, first of all, it's a, it's a really dark movie. And, yeah. and secondly, you know, Robert De Niro's character in this, like, even when the main character of a movie is kind of like a bad person, they'll, they'll give them some kind of redeeming quality where, okay, I guess I can root for this guy a little bit. In Raging Bull, like, there is nothing likable about mm-hmm. Robert De Niro's character. So, like, every time he's in the ring, I find myself rooting for him to get his ass kicked because he's, he's such a <laughs> bad person. So, it's going to win. I mean, again, the, the acting performances carry it for me. It, it's going to easily defeat for the love of the game. But I I don't know how many more times I'm going to be rooting for – I'm going to be voting for Raging Bull. I'll, I'll just put it like that, and, you know, you guys can go ahead and, and jump in. Um. Yeah, I guess I'll just go and say, look – uh, congratulations, everybody! If you were wondering what the over/under was for the first Kevin Costner movie that would get brought up in this, yeah, um, it's for the love of the game. And I agree with everything you said. I think Raging Bull. What I like about it, though, is that you're not supposed to like literally any character in that movie, with maybe like a few exceptions. But at least the main right. characters, like these, are like mean people, and they're like these big hulking. Not, not, I don't even know if jock is the right word for it. They're like abusers, right? And yeah, especially De Niro. And that's what I kind of like about it. It's a, And I, I think there's a lot of like poignancy in that. I think I like that. This is kind of Scorsese's wheelhouse, right? Like he likes making movies about really despicable people. And yeah. this is definitely one of those. And I really enjoyed kind of seeing that journey play out. I was surprised by how entertained I was by the boxing scenes. Um, I thought that they were really well done. And I liked when he really starts to get the the crap kicked out of him and kind of the the penultimate moment of the movie when he's facing I've, I forgot the name of the person um, and just is, is just dying. Right. And then he's just he's in the jail cell, like the whole thing. It, I really liked it. And I really thought that it was appropriately dark. And for the love of the game, I have not seen again, full disclosure, I did not feel like giving it. I was like, all right, I've already seen Tin Cup. I've already seen all these other Kevin Costner movies. I can't do another like two and a half hour movie that from what I've been told is just, eh, I just can't do it. There's too much other things I have to do and, and other ones I want to watch. So yeah, that's it. Raging Bull, uh, really a, a fantastic movie in a lot of ways, um, but definitely for sure it is, it is dark. So you should go into yeah. it, um, not expecting some type of 
uh, a Rocky movie. You know what I'm saying? Do, do not expect that type of stuff. Oh, all right. Um, yeah, first <laughs> Kevin Costner movie of the bracket, and yeah, definitely the like worst seated. You know, we've got on the other side, which like we're not doing in this recording, like Bull Durham's like a three seed and unsurprisingly Field of Dreams is a one seed. And then (laughs) for the love of the game is a 14, which should actually like I have to say is like almost an accurate seeding of of this movie because I don't of the Kevin Costner movies and I love Kevin Costner. Like I don't really like this movie. And this was a hard one for me just because it's like I don't really care if either of like I don't really want either of them to win because i don't really like either of them but i'm going to give it to raging bull just on like the fact that it's a an excellently made scorsese movie and you've got incredible acting in it the actual characters in the movie are so unlikable and so hard to watch but you watch it because you know that it's an excellent story and that's the power of scorsese and the actors playing these characters that like you're still watching the movie even though it's very uncomfortable to watch at many points throughout. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's the classic example of like, you know, the car wreck that you don't want to look, but you look anyway, kind of thing, you know, you can't really look away from it. Yeah. But it's like, if the car wreck yeah. was like a gorgeous Maserati. Yeah. 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 There you go. Perfect that's, way that's, to put now, it. Perfect way to put it. Perfect. Nailed it. I think, I think raising bull might be in some trouble in round two though, but uh, not to foreshadow anything. <laughs> Michael yeah. Jordan is definitely taking down raging bull. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Scorsese, you're getting dunked on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about the Marvel movies art cinema now? You, you jerk. Uh, <laughs> um, should I introduce the next one? Yeah, go for it, man. All right. So the next movie we got here it's a it's a real slugfest. I would say it's the seventh seed, The Blind Side, versus the number ten seed, Rocky Two. Um, all right. Here's the first time I'm going to get really. I don't want to say, yeah, I'm going to say like a little political on this. Right. So we were criticizing Hoosiers for some of the, the racial issues it might have. Right. But to me, I think that the blind side, when I first saw it, first of all, it's kind of amazing that this thing got nominated for best picture. Um, I think a lot of reasons that that happened have to do with the backlash to the dark Knight not getting nominated. So then the Academy was like, Oh my God, we got to just nominate everything next year. And this is one of the ones that made it. I got love for the blind side. My mom really likes it. It's got a lot of heart. It's unbelievably cheesy. I mean, there's literally a scene where in order to prove a point about how good he could be as a offensive tackle, he pushes the guy out of the stadium. I mean, that's like how cheesy it is. Um, My problem with the movie is the, when you look into like kind of the background, how they make Michael Orr in this movie based on a true story. Yeah. Like he's completely incompetent, not incompetent, but very like he can't, you know, I don't remember exact details, but just like paraphrasing kind of things like he can't do basic math while in real life, Michael Orr was like, I was like a C student, which isn't great, obviously, but it's yeah. not. They portray him in the movie as being this to I want to make sure I word this delicately like this, not like a guy who only is good at like one very thing. And he's he's got a lot of heart. Right. But I don't yeah. like that portrayal as they make him a little bit too lost they make him a little bit too uh uneducated while it was like yeah he wasn't like a genius or anything and don't get me wrong he needs to to get his grades up i get that that was the point of the movie but i found that troubling that he was like look i was a c student and they make it out to be like i couldn't pass seventh grade or sixth grade math or whatever it was right and yeah rocky two on the other hand i was surprised 
There's a scene in this movie that actually really affected me. It's when Rocky is shooting a commercial and he's dressed up as like a caveman or whatever. And he, he's got a heart of gold. Of course, everyone knows Rocky, right? And he's he can't read. And there is something about that scene that really I thought was very sad, but like in a good way, like like in a, a really powerful way, like that stuck with me after watching Rocky too. Um, it's like he's not being a jerk or anything like that. He's just uneducated. And yeah, he is a little bit of a loser, but you really feel bad at this kind of jerkwad director who's yelling at him and complaining that he, he can't read the card. And it's it's like this unfortunate, sad thing about how some people go through life, right? And I think that scene alone makes me kind of want to vote for Rocky too, which is what I'm gonna go, which is what I'm gonna do. I find the blind side a little bit troubling on the accuracy to real life of the character or the person of Michael Orr. While Rocky Two, I think, is a pretty um, solid follow-up to you know what we'll what we'll be talking about soon. Actually, is one of the one seeds and one of the most iconic sports movies ever made. Um, so that's really my whole long, elongated uh, thoughts on that matchup. Yeah, um, for th- this one for me, I, like I'm I'm also going to go with Rocky Two. I like the direction that this went after the first one because obviously, you know, the first Rocky movie, it's this out of nowhere all-time classic and it's like okay so what do we do next and you know of course he gets the rematch against Apollo and and he wins it this time but there's so much going on in this movie and it's very believable how you know somebody who one day nobody really knows about you know he's just fighting and you know he's very he's a very small-time boxer and then all of a sudden you know he has this great showing in the first Rocky movie against the world champion and now you know he's kind of thrust into the limelight a little bit it's very believable how everything kind of just evolves in the second Rocky movie so I really Mm -hmm. like it for that and, you know, like I said, they had, they had a really tough task. You know, how do we follow up the first movie? Um, so I'm going to go with Rocky too, And I, I like the blind side. But uh, to your point, Javier, yeah, you know, they, they kind of portray Michael Orr as like, man, it's a good thing he can play football because otherwise what would he be doing in life? And it's like yeah. he wasn't really like it to that extreme. Like I'm sure he could have he found something if he didn't happen to make it in football. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very enjoyable movie. You know, I watched that one with my wife. I had never seen it before she had. Uh, and, and we really liked it, but – you know, it's a 7-10 matchup. You expect it's going to be a little close, but I'm going to give a little bit of an edge to, to Rocky Two here. And Gabrielle? All right. I, I mean, we're going to... It's like Space Jam all over again. We're all taking Rocky Two here. <laughs> I, I completely agree with... I think we're all in agreement here, um, especially the blind side. Like, you watch it the first time, and I think um, you're like, oh, this is a really sweet movie. But then when you do start to really think about it, Um, especially in this age of like political correctness and, you know, all that kind of stuff. There is something very troubling about like this, like wealthy white family taking in this kid, the way that like, obviously they, they, you know, it's like a dramatic adaptation of a real life story, but they do really make it like, you know, he's basically like, they, they almost make it like he's slow yeah, yeah, and and that's troubling because it's like factually not true, and they didn't need to like that's unnecessary. They did not need to do that. Um, and so for me, like that kind of like now when you think back on it, it's kind of uncomfortable that it's like uh, these like white saviors of like this black kid, and you know, right. without him, they without them, he'd be absolutely nothing, which like is not the case. Like they, and and I think when you when you see the real when you see the real Leanne and um you know, all of this, like, they're not really like that in, and so it, it makes it even more troubling that the movie is like this because it's like, well, they're not like this in real life. Like they're not, 
I just, it makes me kind of uncomfortable now. And especially given the fact that it was in 2009, like it's not, it's not like we're watching a movie from like 1950 and it's like, well, it was a different time. And, you know, you Mm kind of have to contextualize the films that you're seeing with like Mm -hmm. the time. If you've seen Breakfast at Tiffany's, Mickey Rooney plays an Asian man. And that's not okay by any standards. And it wasn't okay back then. But you also have to remember that it wasn't okay back then but it was a lot more okay in that time than it would be if like an actor was play like, you know, Emma Stone was playing like a, a Hawaiian woman in that movie a few years ago. And you're like, no, but she, she's not even remotely close or, or like Scarlett Johansson starring in that Japanese movie when she's clearly not Japanese. And you're like, <laughs> shut out ghost in the shell. Sure. I don't know. Um, yeah. But she's become you know, a meme at this point in 2009. Like to have this movie be like the white savior movie is kind of like it's it's still not great, you know. And Rocky yeah. Two is the rare sequel that is actually good. Yeah, mm-hmm. very true. On the basis um, of like a successful sequel happening, you kind of already have to give it to Rocky Two, but I'm giving it to Rocky Two because it's also just a good movie. The only one thing I would also uh you know, that I think the blind side has going for it is the, the actor who plays Michael Orr, I did want to mention this, I think he's fantastic in that movie. Um, he really kind of just, you know, a scene starts at the beginning of that movie and you can kind of see just by looking at him, he doesn't have to say anything. You can kind of just see how much he's hurting just kind of from the look in his eyes. And I think it's just a credit to that actor, um, you know, in that movie. No, it's definitely, I mean, the acting in the movie is very good. It's yeah. just the the way that they dramatize the movie and the choices that they took the creative liberties that they took to make it you know they didn't have to make it that you know such a extreme of like he'd be nothing without them and they really like he owes them everything in such a you know it just kind of highlights a racial aspect that they they kind of highlighted it more than it needed to be highlighted by by dramatizing the story um yeah i'm trying i'm trying super hard to like not you know yeah listening to this like you know you're always going to upset somebody but i'm trying super hard to say this in like a way that isn't going to upset people because i don't know the right words to use but i think we all can agree it's just kind of there's just something about it that you kind of feel uncomfortable Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It does make you raise your eyebrows a little bit. I think maybe by, might be the most delicate way we could put it. Yeah. Can I go? Can yeah. I introduce the next one? Because I love the next oh, one. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes. Go for All it. All right. Major League and Little Giants. I have to. I just have to say, Major League. I'm giving it to Major League because it's literally one of my favorite movies of all time, sports or otherwise. Um, it reminds you what a good actor Charlie Sheen was. Yes. Like, like Ferris Bueller, this, like he was so good. It just, I, I can't think about it for too long. Cause then it just bums me out that he turned into such a weirdo. But <laughs> young Charlie Sheen was just such a good actor. Like wild thing is iconic. Willie Mays Hayes. Like it's just such a good movie. The only part I don't like about major league. And if you guys haven't listened to this, I think, I don't know if it, John, it was us or if it was me and Javier, we were talking about the ringers podcast, the rewatchables. Yeah. 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 So they're one of my favorites. They do, yeah. an, they do major league as one of their episodes. And it was one of my favorite episodes that they've done. 
But the thing that they pointed out to me, which I now think about every time I watch this movie, is that the way that Jake kind of stalks Rene Russo is mm-hmm. very weird, uncomfortable. right? Yeah. As, yeah. A, as a woman, and just like as a person in general, the way that he can't take no for an answer and just starts like showing up at places, showing up at her house, like he's full on stalking her. And does and like the fact that they end up together at the end and that's the way that mm-hmm. the movie ends is very annoying to me because a it's supposed to be about a team not like this aging catcher's like creepy obsession with his ex so it's like yeah. first of all don't end the movie with like all of them lifting her into the air and like cheering for her like none of them half of them don't even know her so that doesn't make any sense and also like he does not leave her alone he drives a bullpen car to her house I was and just like, going to say that. Yeah. That, that scene really. Home. Yeah. And yeah. you're just like, mm-hmm. dude, really? Like you need to like, like in this day and age, this would be like, you're stalking her. She's going to serve you with a restraining order. It's so not okay. But like, again, you right. look at it in the context of when this movie came out and you know, you kind of just have to like grain of salt that aspect of it. And the other aspect I don't, the only other aspect I don't like is the owner of the team is a total bitch, but <laughs> when they're motivating themselves to win to like show her like to kind of show her and ruin her plan and they have the poster the cutout full-size poster of her and they're undressing her with each win they take off a piece of her clothing clothing and like totally objectify her i don't yeah, like that right. because it's like you know you could just not do that you can just be like oh we'll show her you know screw her like she sucks without like making it like a sexual thing like that is uncomfortable and very like locker room talk a la donald trump not to get too political but that's like a very (laughs) that's like that's taking locker room talk to just like such an unacceptable level of like it makes you understand why it's hard to be a woman in sports like she sucks totally sucks Mm -hmm. against her the whole movie but there's stuff in this movie with regards to like those are basically the only two women in this movie oh and um the fact that uh Corbin Burnson's wife cheats on him with Wild Thing. Um mm-hmm. women women in this movie do not get treated well. Yeah. <laughs> or portrayed well. Like it's just not a good movie for women. Um yeah. and I almost wish that there just weren't any women in this movie because it's it would be better without all of these like additional storylines that kind of they're the only parts of it that make it like, I love this movie so much, but those parts, I kind of just like look at my phone and I'm like, I don't want to watch this part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's definitely troubling. And look like, like I really appreciate your perspective on it because these are things that I don't always think about. Um, but even still, like I saw this for the first time over the summer. I was like, first of all, first thing that came to mind was, you know, I was just like, Charlie Sheet is just he's so good at this. I just couldn't, but like, I forgot, like, and people are always saying, like, yeah, when used correctly, Charlie Sheen's uh, magnificent. But um, you really raise a good point. And look, just when you talk about old movies, this is what happens. You get into these type of issues and things that are just really not okay. And they're really troubling. No matter, Yeah, like, no matter who you are. You know what I mean? Even if you're not a woman, even if you're not whatever, like, it still can be upsetting to watch sometimes. Um, but, like, I agree with what you said. I still think that the movie's good. But it's definitely one that um that has shown its age in yeah. some ways especially with yeah. the with the with the characters um and whatnot and you take that into context and you say hey this came out in 1989 we we do have to 
bring that out. But you also it's I think it's important. It's really important, I think, to talk about these things and why they can be uh, just just inappropriate for all sorts of reasons to not uh, get too deep into the weeds of it. But, yeah, I think you really worded that excellently. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. no, I just like I, I just know that, like, as a woman who has walked home in the dark, like I grew up in Boston and I grew up down the street from Fenway. And as a woman who has walked home from Fenway in the dark by herself, you know, I have I can't even count. Like if I had a dollar for every time I've crossed the street because there was like a guy walking behind me on the street and I just wanted to make sure that I was okay. Like being a grown up woman living in the city and watching him stalk his ex Mm -hmm. is upsetting because it's like women literally just live in fear of this kind of stuff in real life all the time. Mm -hmm. And women, you know, get attacked and they get mugged and they get like, harassed and catcalled and all this kind of stuff and it's like you watch this and like they're basically romanticizing it's basically like when you're a kid and you know a little boy like bullies you and you come home and your parents are like oh it means he has a crush on you and you teach girls like if a guy is mean to you it's because he likes you and he doesn't know how to properly express that and all those kinds of things are just not okay Mm. and you know it's just it's just not great yeah yeah um to, to your point, Gabrielle, I mean, and again, thank you for the perspective on this movie, because I had never really thought about it that way either. Um, yeah, it, it's, it really is concerning exactly how many times he basically just stalks her in this movie when, when you look at it now. I mean, the first time is a chance encounter at the restaurant, but then you've got, you know, the bullpen car driving to her, her house, and then he follows her to her, her new apartment, and then you get that really awkward scene where he's in there with, you know, her fiancé and all of their friends, and and then at the library. So that's, that's three at least uh, without even, you know, going through the whole movie. Um, but for me, I mean, I, I got to vote for major league here because Gabrielle, like you said, not just one of my favorite sports movies, one of my favorite movies ever. And, you know, you look at the way, you know, I played a lot of baseball growing up. I still play in a league even now. It's like an adult league. And the one thing that this movie absolutely just nails is the way that baseball players like talk to each other, like the way they encourage each other, the way they kind of get on each other's case a little bit just everything, the way they react to wins, the way they react to losses. I can really appreciate just kind of the, the dialogue between the players, you know, in the middle of games. I, I think it really captures that well. Um, Charlie Sheen is absolutely fantastic in this. I mean, what else needs to be said? And one of the most just fun movies, you know, in any sports movie for me is the deciding game. I, I think they're like playing the Yankees for the pennant or something like that. But the, the, the yeah, wild they are. song plays, yeah, he comes out of the, the bullpen and the place is just going crazy. I, I just think that's so much fun. And mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't even really talked about Little Giants yet, and it's a 15th oh, seed. Yeah, and, it's true. I forgot. You know, the, yeah, whatever. The, the, right, the right matchup, I think Little Giants might have a chance of pulling an upset, but Agreed. I can't put it above Major League. So I, I got to mm-hmm. go Major League. Ed O'Neill yeah, is this, so funny in Little Giants. Yeah, yeah there's, this movie is just the victim of seeding, man. I mean, this is yeah. like the Wichita yeah. State in a lot of ways of this bracket. Um, I, I The scene that just sticks out, it's such a cute movie. It really is. And yeah. it's definitely like a kiddie kind of movie, but the heart is there. And I just love the one kid who he can't catch the ball and he puts super glue on his, his hands. And then yeah. when they break in the formation, he has them stuck to his, his chest. Like, yep. that's just yep. really funny. Um, uh, all respect. Like, seriously, can't say that. All respect to the little giants. Really just really a nice, a, a nice movie. movie. Yeah. It's but it's yeah, just yeah. come on. You're putting it up against Major League. I mean, that's just unfair. You know what no, I mean? So yeah, it it's just my it vote never, also. It, yeah. It never had a chance. It's, you know, <laughs> down, that's down why they're the little giants. They're the underdog, you know? 
Yeah. I mean, ironically, so are the major league guys. The other thing is, like, you just see the fandom of, of like, a team that's just been beaten down for so long. Like, this movie comes out in, this movie's in 1989. And the Indians, to this day, still have not won the World Series since 1948. Oof. Like, so Dang. they since the Cubs won in 2016, they now have the longest drought in aside from teams that um, have never won a world series. But I think that even, even aside from those teams, it still has a longer drought because it was around before teams like, um, like the Padres, the, the Indian, the Indians have not won a world series since 1948. And you, and, and being a Red Sox fan and coming from a family of Red Sox fans, like, you relate to that hardship of like all of these guys who've just been sitting around their entire lives and like waiting and hoping and showing up at the ballpark every single year. Like this is our year. And, you know, the frustrating aspects of like bad ownerships and, you know, aging players, young players finding their way, like all of that stuff is so poignant as a baseball fan. And you really, and that's, and that's, part of the reason why I just wish that there were none of these like other storylines with the women in the movie. And I'm saying this as like a woman in sports who started a website called girl at the game, but because the women in this movie are just like such bad storylines, I'm like, just make it about this team, make it about the team and like make it about the fans and, and the underdog story and just leave it at that. Because I think that other stuff actually detracts from this movie and like if those things aren't in it this is just one of the best movies of all time comedy wise Mm -hmm. but i don't think i think that there's enough uncomfortableness in the movie like the renee russo storylines actually slow this movie down a lot you kind Mm -hmm. of feel like you're waiting for him to get back to the ballpark and and so i think that this movie as loved as it is doesn't get get enough appreciation because there are those storylines that are kind of just like holding it back Right. right. And and to your point, has not aged well, you know? Yeah, d- definitely. For sure. For sure. Um, and it would have been so easy. You know, they could have pranked the owner in different ways. It didn't have to be this thing where, oh, we've got a cardboard cutout of her and we're going to take a piece of clothing off every time we win a game. Exactly. Like, they could have just done like kind of like put a frog in her office or like put hair dye in her shampoo or like, yeah, you yeah. know, taking, you know, put like a fish in the hubcap of her tires of her car. Like, there's like literally a billion things they could have done that weren't like undressing her. Yeah. And, yeah. Literally and anything probably like, would have been better. To me, it's just like, that's, that's the part where you kind of are like, okay, there is an aspect of this that is very unlikable because you know, she sucks. No one is saying she doesn't suck, but like there are just lines that like you don't need to cross as like a respect, respectful human being. And, and that is kind of, you're just like, wow, really? Like this is what they're doing. That's just not great. Yeah. It and feels also, like, Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, it's just I just realized we also didn't talk about um, the character who's like a um, the one the one who's like a voodoo guy. Yeah. Like, okay. So I knew you were going like, that way. We listened to that podcast. <laughs> we listened to the rewatch. Was myself, and you're like, this is hilarious, but also so not okay. Yeah, it's as like I if I'm not mistaken, one of the only black characters in the movie. It's like him and Willie Mays Hayes. Yeah. So. Not perfect. It's one of those things that you go, <laughs> and then you, you watch it again. Like, you're like, "Oh, should I not be laughing?" <laughs> right? Yeah. So, and again, eighty nine for sure. I think the best way to say it about the whole the the treatment of women in this movie is it's attack her for being a jerk, 
not for being a woman that's a jerk. Right. You know what I mean? I think that's that that's exactly it. Yeah, that's kind of the my summation, I guess I would say about it. And they make it too gender specific in this movie, um, for sure. I mean, she also, though, I have to say the one thing about her that I also don't like in terms of that argument, because you worded it perfectly, that attack her for being an asshole, don't attack her for her gender. She does. She does also sexually harass a couple of them when she comes into the clubhouse. Like, I think she grabs Mm. somebody's ass or she like cups somebody's cup. Um, There's like a moment where I'm like, ooh, she's just like full on groping her players. And that's Mm. also not okay. And, right. you know, like sexual harassment goes both ways. There are plenty of women who objectify and sexually harass men. And you got to call you like she is the worst. Like you just want her to fall down a well the whole movie. But yeah, <laughs> but like you can't just it can't if you're talking about that kind of stuff, you should. It's like also worth noting that like her behavior towards the players on like a gender level is also not okay. Like that, that shit goes both ways. And I think that's one of the only reasons that it's definitely not okay that they do the whole cardboard cutout thing, but you can also understand why like a guy who got fondled by his boss is like Mm -hmm. kind of going to level the playing field in terms of doing it back to her because she does it first. Yeah. It's almost like fighting fire with fire kind of thing. Yeah, like, oh, you grab my ass. I'm going to make a silly cut- cardboard cut out of you. Shut uh, up, Major League, have, though. Despite all this, uh, do we all have Major League winning here? I'm yes. Kind of, yes. I know we've, we've, we've mentioned its <laughs> flaws. But, so after all that, uh, Major League still does get the sweep, goes to round two, and uh, we'll be taking on, it looks like, Rocky, too, so that'll be fun as well. All right, and with that, we are all done with part one of the March Madness sports movie brackets. We're going to be going through this, like I said, little by little, Probably have one new episode for you guys each and every week. And if you'd like to reference the brackets, just go to at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. It is the pinned tweet at the top of the page, so it'll be very easy to find. And like I said, you know, we'll be back here with another episode next week to go through the bottom left quadrant of the brackets. So once again, guys, thank you for tuning in as always. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.